What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of When the Hunt Calls. I am your host, Cliff Cadet. Now, before we go any further, I need a favor. If you are listening to this podcast, it's because you have, one, been listening to, uh, you know, episodes of When the Hunt Calls, or two, you have heard something good about When the Hunt Calls and decided to, you know, listen to your very first episode. Either way, you've heard something good. You're enjoying what you're listening to. So I'm asking, I'm requesting, I'm pleading with y'all. Do me a favor. Uh, go over to the review section of whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on and go ahead and hook me up with a five-star rating. Take it a step further. Write a review singing my praises. Ah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and even you take it two steps further, two steps further, and uh, let somebody know about the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Um, if you really, like I said, are enjoying this podcast, are enjoying the, the content, enjoying the guests that I'm bringing on, then um, it'd only be right to be able to share it with the world, right? All right, cool. So, uh, moving on, I want to give a big shout out to Mark over at Nor'easter Game Calls. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like turkey season, spring turkey season has wrapped up throughout the United States. And Mark over at Nor'easter Game Calls has switched up gears and is in the lab every night working on custom knives. Um, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. These things are works of art. You, if, if nothing else, go over to his Instagram page, check out his website and just look at pictures of these things. If, if you're in the, in the market for, you know, uh, a, uh, a deer call, a grunt call for, you know, later this year, check out Nor'easter game calls, or even, um, turkey calls, you know what I'm saying? A box call, slate call. Again, check out NorEasterGameCalls.com. Um, but if you are in the market for a custom knife, check Mark out at MABCustomKnives.com. Um, again, some beautiful, beautiful pieces that this dude is putting out. Um, like I said, his hustle, his grind is endless. Make sure you check him out. Okay. So on to the show. I don't know about you guys, but I uh, I'm in love with not only shooting archery, but learning everything I can um, on, I guess, the whole science of it. And when I say science of it, I'm, I'm talking about the science of, um, you know, my bow, the way uh, my my bow works, the way it operates and so on. Um, like I've really been kind of paying attention to how to work on it or not paying attention but learning how to work on it myself um i've got a little shopping list i put together of tools equipment that i'd like to purchase over the summer so i could begin working on my bow myself um now a lot of times well i don't know about you but uh, over the last year or so whenever i've thought about working on my bow you know i think about things like you know putting in putting on the site um you know putting on the rest uh adjusting the the draw weight um you know things like that you know when you hear about working on your bow you hear about you know cam timing paper tuning like all those all those different things um i 
took it for granted um, a little bit that when it came time to change bowstrings, you just, you know, you just figure out who you want to buy bowstrings from. You let them know um, what type of bow you're shooting, put in an order for a set of bowstrings, and that's it. You get your bowstrings, take it to your local bow shop, they put it on for you. Um, but I started getting curious because I came across a... Um, an Instagram page called Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. And this young lady, Jill, over there is doing her thing in in making bowstrings. And I really started getting curious and wondering what went into uh, making bowstrings. So sit back, relax, and check out my interview with Jill of Wicked and here we are all right um jill um we've begun and i just want to start out by saying thank you for taking the time out to you know speak with me um been following your wicked uh wicked twisted post strings uh instagram account since you started it and i'm really interested in, in learning a couple of things from you but um before we do get started i i just want to give you the chance you know uh tell everybody who you are where you're from all right yeah well thank you for having me on um, the business is here in Fall River, Mass. Um, mm -hmm. I live two towns over in Dartmouth. Uh, mm -hmm. it, we've actually been around for 30 years. My parents started the business back in 1990. Mm. Uh, and I took the business over, um, in 96, uh, when I graduated okay. from high school and they kind of stepped aside. Um, and, uh, yeah. And that's it. That's pretty much it. I've just been keeping things moving forward and trying to keep the business evolving and relevant, uh, you know, especially with everything going on. And yeah, I'm in my own little world over here. I'm <laughs> well, hold on. So you took over the family business after finishing high school? Yes. Wow. What was that like? I mean, were you already heavily involved in the business while you were in school and stuff like that? And it was just a natural progression of things? Or was it like once you finished, your parents let you finish school and once you were done, be like, here, take this, run with it? Uh, kind of a little bit of both. Because um, mm -hmm. so, we did start the business when I was 12 years old. Um, I've actually been shooting archery since I was five. Wow, um, okay. So it was just kind of, one of the, like you said, that natural progression to take the business over. Uh, you know, my parents were still both working full-time jobs, um, and they were getting a little burnt out. And uh, I did do a, a semester at college, um, and it was evident that it was either my parents were going to have to make a decision to either close the business if I didn't want to take it over, um, and then if I took it over, which obviously I did, and mm -hmm. I've just kept it going ever since. Well, all right. We keep talking about a business. Let everybody know what business specifically you're talking about. Um, our family business is Trader Jan's Archery Pro Shop. Okay, so we're and that's yeah, we're a full service archery shop uh, mm -hmm. with indoor ranges. I have multiple ranges. Um, I'm just shy of twelve thousand square feet as a as a whole for the size of the business. Wow, nice, nice. And you're located again where? We are in Fall River, Massachusetts. Fall River, Massachusetts. All right. Is that like um is that a small town? Is it a big city? Like what's that like? Um it's a smaller city. Um it's uh, it's kind of like in between. I'm not sure if you kind of know like Providence, Rhode Island is. I would probably be mm -hmm. something else that uh, everybody may know. Um mm -hmm. in, in between New Bedford, Massachusetts. So Fall mm -hmm. River is like that smaller city um over here closer to the Rhode Island border. 
Got it. Got it. Um, and now, so you took over, you know, Trader Jen's back in 96, you said? Yes. 96. Now, when did um, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings come to, uh, come to be? Uh, well, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings uh, started officially with a name um, five years ago. Okay. And I just, because we've always made custom bowstrings here in the shop. Uh, and okay. I decided roughly five years ago that I wanted to take the string making to that next level. Okay. Uh, so when you saw the Instagram account, I, it's actually all stuff that I actually just started to launch the website, did the Instagram account, uh, the Facebook page I've had for a little while, uh, but I've started to become more involved in the social media part with that side of the business. All right. All right. See, you know, what's funny is here in New York City, we have four bow shops, um, which are ranges, you know, um, and I don't think any of them make their own bowstrings or make custom bowstrings. It's pretty much like you can, I believe, I don't get, don't, don't take my word for it. But as far as I saw in, in all those ranges that I've um, visited, I don't think they make them. They pretty much can order them for you or you bring them in and get them, you know, get your bow strung. Okay. But um, I don't think anyone makes them, so it's pretty cool. So um, now I'm new to archery. I'm new to hunting. For for someone, um, I and I'm learning because I really want to be able to work on my own bow. Now, yeah. what as a archer or a hunter, when should a person, in your opinion, decide like um, they should? What should they look for when they decide they need to change their bow strings? Like what what is it? So there's a lot of variables that come into play when it's time to change a bowstring. So if you take somebody like uh, my other right-hand man here, Theo, he's over here in the shop right now. Um, oh, is he? All right. <laughs> Hold on. Oh. Yo, what's good, brother? Bob. <laughs> what's good? What's good? Um, I don't know if you know but i follow theo on social media as well so he's a he's yeah. another he's a good dude you got you've got yeah you you've got quite a team right there i try i try now yeah. <laughs> um so so somebody like theo who shoots like every single day mm -hmm. um we always suggest at minimum to change the string once a year okay. uh so somebody like around here where i am uh, we get a lot of bow hunters that pull their stuff out like two weeks before a season opens, shoots it for like the deer season, and then tucks it back away till next season. Mm -hmm. um, in that particular situation, usually you can get away with every two to three years changing your string. Okay. Now, obviously, there is maintenance involved. You know, mm -hmm. you need to make wax your string. Uh, you know. And then as long as you do that, wax the string, make sure that you put the bow away dry. You don't want to put the bow away when it's wet, including mm -hmm. the bow string. So you kind of like let it air dry. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, um, I don't know if you guys have as thick as woods in New York is what we do here, but we've got like a lot of prickle bushes mm -hmm. or briar bushes on. So you want to make sure, too, that anything like that, a bright head, if anything mixed with string, then... Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. But rule of thumb is anywhere is between like a year or two, depending on how much that you shoot. Um, you know, just to kind of simplify it a little bit. Uh, but like I said, there is many variables that come into play on how often you should clean them. Got it. Got it.
All right. So now before we actually started recording, um, we touched on briefly, I guess, um, what it would take for someone to make their own bowstring. Because like I said, um, being new to this, I'm trying to be self-sufficient. Um, can you reiterate, like you said before, is it easy for someone like myself to, to make their own bowstring, uh, or like what exactly does it entail? Uh, well, there is quite a learning curve. Um, you can watch all the videos that you want, uh, but until you actually start making your own strings, mm. uh, it, 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 it takes a little bit of practice. Uh, I know when I first started making bowstrings, uh, it took me a good, I'm going to know where to rely, probably a good 12 strings before I kind of got it right. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to remember, you got all this pressure on these three strings that are holding <laughs> the So if you don't start the string right, um, you don't want the string to come apart. Because you, you, you as the archer um, or anybody around you that may be shooting, you don't want them to get hurt either. Um, so it. like practice. Um, it, you can get into it fairly inexpensive, um, mm -hmm. but it, it can become costly um, to make bowstrings because the material is not inexpensive to buy. Um, it. it adds up because if you do multiple colors, then like you buy two colors or three colors, unless you just want to do one color. Uh, that's why most people will either come to somebody like myself, uh, mm -hmm. since I have everything here already and just make them up what they're looking for. Uh, but there is some people that do make them, but there's not too many that I know of around here that will make them at mm -hmm. home on the uh, but there is some. All right. So I know, um, like if I wanted to work on my bow, I would need tools like a bow press or yep. a bow vice and stuff like that. What are the tools that, um, you use in order to make custom bow strings? Uh, well, I have what they call string jigs. Um, a I actually jig. have, yep, I have. Um, a few string jigs and then I have a, uh, uh, a serving machine that is made by specialty archery mm -hmm. um, and I also have another serving machine on order um, from bloodline fibers um, they make a, a faster machine than the one I'm using right now mm -hmm. uh, just because of the thing that I'm doing it just helps us make the strings faster um, and more consistently than just doing everything by hand um, Probably to get started with, you know, just for the string stuff itself, um, a simple setup. You're probably looking probably about the cost of a bow press like that, five, $600 range. Wow. Okay. For the jigs to get everything started, uh, excluding the machines. The machines are a lot more, uh, but just a basic uh, jig. You probably, there's a package. Yeah, probably looking like that four or $500 range. Nice, nice. So now with um, making custom bow strings, um, aside from the color, are there any, like, um, I guess, other aspects of the bowstring that uh, people, you know, put in for? Like, I don't know um, what it would be per se. Because as far as I know, the only thing custom I would ask for on a bowstring is, you know, specific colors. But are there any other things that go into it when um, somebody puts in an order? Uh, yep. Yeah, besides colors, um, we, you know... Uh, because you have a newer bow as well, correct? So you got yeah. like the, the speed knocks on the string? Yes. Yeah, like, so I actually have all different colors of that string tubing that goes on the string. So mm -hmm. you can ask for different colors of those as well. Um, so you can kind of make that customizable. But it's, it comes down to the colors of the string and the serving. That's what everybody mm -hmm. really looks for. 
All right. So now, what about the bow, though? Is it um? Are there different types of strings you've got to use for different types of bows? Because I've found, um, all right. So I used to shoot a bear archery agent. That was um, it was like a a total package bow that I got from um a big box store, and um, it was weird because that bow wasn't sold in um in uh in other places so i found someone met, rec recommended this one online company and um they they i had to tell them what type type of bow i shot and put in an order for that so do the strings vary from bow to bow or does it just or is it like for example like you said i shoot the elite uh ritual um the fact that the axle axle is 33 and the elite there's other elites which are i believe the 35 and the 30 um is it the same type of string you would use for each bow or it's, is there going to be something different? Um, I do. It's more of the material that I offer. So mm -hmm. let's just say, if you look at all the elite stuff. Um, mainly elite uses BCY fibers, which is my go-to string material. Um, so that would be like, if, if you look on the website, that would be what's considered my standard offering for bow strings. Mm -hmm. And I use all uh, 452X material from BCY um, mm -hmm. is my standard offering. Uh, but I also now deal with bloodline fibers, um, which is a different blend of a material that's also coated as well. So it's more of a waxless string. Mm -hmm. um, so when somebody orders a string, they see the different options. And as long as they click the option they want, and within that option tells me, what bow model and everything they have. Uh, and that's pretty much all I need to know. Nice. All right. Now tell me about, cause I actually, um, it kind of caught my eye the other day that uh, you mentioned that you carry it. What exactly is this uh, bloodline um, that you're talking about? Um, it's a, they've been around for a few years. It's a mm -hmm. still fairly new string fiber company. Um, mm -hmm. compared to like PCY and a couple other ones that have been around for a while. Um, but their product is excellent. Um, it's, it's, it's really the coating that, that's on it that sets it apart from the other string materials because mm -hmm. they and design this material to make it so you don't have to wax it. It, it almost feels like a, a Teflon coating that's on the string. Wow. Um, as well as I have been noticing with the bloodline that some of the guys have been gaining a little extra feet per second with the bloodline uh, really? versus the uh, 452X I use because mm -hmm. uh, the 452X comes pre-waxed. Mm -hmm. So the does add a little weight to the string. So I'm not sure. If it, I'm pretty sure that comes into play a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, the bloodlines uh, is fairly new to the market. I'm liking it. I'm liking right. it a lot. With it, with it being pre-coated like that, does that add to maybe the thickness of the, the string? Um, like, would it affect anything like that? Like, the way the string sits? It, uh, and bear with me, because being fairly new to this, my terminology may be off a bit. But um, the, the way the strings sit in the, in the cams, I believe, um, does the coating affect, like I said, how thick the string is? And does that uh, maybe make anything difficult when trying to string a bow? Um, absolutely not. The, it does not change the thickness of the string. Um, if anything, I, I don't know how Bloodline did it, but they actually impregnated this, um, I don't even know what to call it. I, I guess 
smooth. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the fibers. Um, so it doesn't change the thickness of each strand. Okay. Um, so like a string from them on their uh, Bloodline 99 material, uh, I'd end up using like 32 strands uh, because okay. it is a, a little smaller diameter material versus the other one they have, which is the Beck 99. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Without getting too crazy into specifics on what the different <laughs> You know, how they're blended and like bloodline has a coating on it. All right, cool, cool. Well, um, you answered a lot of questions for me and, and to and help me understand a little bit what goes on with um bowstrings. Um are I know you guys have a uh giveaway going on right now. You wanna share with yeah. us uh what exactly that entails? All right, yeah. So I got a little giveaway package um, that I have mainly just a picture up on the website and in the Facebook page. And the, what we're going to do with this giveaway is I hit 200 emails. When you go to the uh, Wicked Twisted uh, website, there'll be a mm-hmm. spot on the product page to join the email list. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when that hits 200 and then when the Facebook page hits 2,000 likes, I will then go into the email list from the website for Wicked Twisted and do the drawing from there. All right, nice. And what are you giving away? What's the prize? Oh my gosh, it's like roughly $400 worth of stuff. Oh, uh, wow, okay. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of goodies. I got like the Axion RD site, uh, single movable pin. Um, I put in there, um, you know, just a pack of six paper targets. Uh, a gift card with a mystery amount on it. I haven't disclosed how much is on the gift card. <laughs> um, I got like the dead ringer bow carrier. I have some string wax, arrow lube, um, a wicked twisted sticker. I did uh, a t-shirt, uh, a bow hoist. And then I have the um, uh, wrist strap and bow sling. Nice. So to everybody listening, uh, once you guys, uh, uh, once this podcast episode ends, definitely should head over to your Facebook page and, um, and your website and definitely enter. Cause it sounds like a definitely, uh, sounds like an awesome prize package. So I already entered, I'm not going to lie. I've submitted my email address on your website. I liked, I liked your Facebook page. Um, I believe I shared the giveaway also on Facebook. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed for me. <laughs> so now, um, I guess before we wrap this up, um, what can people expect from, you know, if, if I, cause I'm looking at my, I've looked at my bolstering over the last week or two, and I believe, um, maybe within the next month or so, I might be, you know, in the market for a new bolstering, um, as a potential customer, um, I guess, sell me on you guys. Like why, why should I go with you guys, set you guys apart from the, from the rest? Um, well, I get asked that question a lot. Um, mm. I don't know what other string makers do. Uh, I mean, I only can speak for what I do. So I, I know here for me, I, since I'm pretty much the only one that builds the strings, I'm kind of a one woman operation. Um, mm. and then Jonathan, my right hand man, who's at the front counter at the moment, will jump in and help me out when I need some extra uh, help. Um, I just pay close attention to detail. 
Um, I may not be the fastest string builder in the world. Um, as far as like my lead times right now are about two and a half weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually simply because I just have a whole bunch of orders that I need to do. Um, but I think the main thing for me is um, kind of what the attention to detail that I do in all the strings. Um, I don't let anything leave the shop unless it's something that I want to put on my personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been known, you can ask the guys, I have been known to build somebody's set two and three times. Uh, for one oh, wow. reason or another, uh, you know, whether it be I get dis- distracted um, in the middle of a string build, and then when I'm finally done with it, I kind of look at the string and I'm like, nah, I don't like how this came out. So I just go and make another one. Ah, um, uh, you're a perfectionist. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think too many string builders would do that. Um, you know, that I, I take the loss um, on the set that I'm doing if I'm not happy with it because I want to make sure the customer is happy with the set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of the number one thing that probably sets me apart. All right. You know what? I just honestly thought of something um, because I've been, like I said, I've been following your account since you started the Wicked Twisted, Wicked Twi- that's a tongue twister in itself, <laughs> Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. And I think in terms of a legitimate company, you're probably the only female business owner that I'm following on Instagram now that I think about it. Is that has that been a challenge for you? Like, I guess being in this industry, you know, being a woman, because um, I know the the sport of archery and hunting is is a male dominated sport. Have you had to tackle any issues or anything like that um, within the industry? Absolutely, um, <laughs> and that's an understatement. <laughs> wow! Especially wow. when I've gone to the APA show, and I've only gone like the past six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's quite evident when I go through the bigger shows like that, um, mm-hmm. like I'll have to make it to come through me, um, that a lot of the companies will automatically kind of go to him and I'm the one that makes all the decisions because it's all through the business. Uh. Um, I, I've gotten used to it through the years. Just I, I let it roll off my shoulders because that's just kind of how the industry is, that mm-hmm. there isn't any female um many female archery shop owners or even string builders for that matter um mm-hmm. i don't think there's any uh female string builders like myself here in the u.s i do know there is one in canada i think she's out of canada um but there is nobody here in the u.s so it's kind of it's kind of unique <laughs> All right, I, I I totally hear you. It's it's funny. I I I think I should have asked that that question sooner, but it literally just popped into my head because, like I said, when I'm on Instagram, I I see a lot of you know women influencers, but in, in but not many actually running a business like your own. You know what I'm saying? You're you're the epitome. You know, you literally embody. I get you know what this country is doing in terms of, um. You know, or, or or you represent the small business owner out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and literally growing, and so and I see, I see you doing big things. I've seen your work on on deals, Bo. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, oh, uh, and and, did you, and you've got your work cut out because he keeps collecting bows one right after the other. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> he, brought, he brought me another bow the other day to do. <laughs> you see, you see, so. Um, you you'll definitely stay in business with him but um i really like what you're doing you know what i'm saying i really like your instagram account um so i'll be honest you know in the next month or so when um 
I need, um, you know, my bolstering replaced, I'll definitely be hitting you up. Um, I, cause I'd really like the opportunity to, you know, uh, see what your bolsterings do basically. Yeah. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. So, um, now final question. Um, I guess specifically to new archers, new hunters, what piece of advice, um, coming from, you know, your specific skill set would you offer to them? Um, for a new archer, I, I think as a whole, especially if you're just brand new and looking to get into archery, um, I, I would strongly suggest just to go visit your local pro shop if you have one around you. Um, I know there seems to be good deals online and everything else, but more often than not, sometimes a good deal is too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you don't come to, you know, I really suggest to go to like a pro shop, get fitted. Uh, cause uh, getting into the sport is like getting fitted into, you know, uh, I guess I use the analogy, like you're trying to get fitted for a custom suit. You just can't go grab one off the wall or just order one online and then you get it and think it's going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that's a, that's a mistake I made with my first bow, honestly. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, and then from there, I mean, just kind of don't, don't, uh, don't read too many articles and get yourself overwhelmed. Um, especially if you're brand new to the sport, you start reading everything and then you start second guessing yourself. Um, so usually I kind of keep it simple. The less, you know, the better off you are trying to get into the sport. Um, you know, mm -hmm. don't just mess mm -hmm. equipment. Uh, but you can get into all kind of technical world and sometimes it gets too much. So just kind of keep it simple when you're first starting out. I like that. I think I'm going to use that. The less you know, the better off you are getting into the sport. <laughs> uh, I better use that quote. All right. <laughs> Thank you again so much for taking the time out to speak to me. Um, I really look forward to, you know, using your bowstring. All right. I can't wait. All right. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. I really want to thank Jill again for taking the time out to speak with me for this episode. Really learned a lot as usual. Um, I really enjoy having guests on because, um, as you already know, uh, my guests are always people I wanna, people whose brains I'd like to pick. So again, thank you, Jill. Don't forget, guys, Jill is the owner, operator of Wicked Twisted Bowstrings and Trader Jan's Archery Pro Shop. Um, and remember, she's been doing this since she got out of high school. She knows what she's talking about, y'all. So uh, I'll put a, in the show notes, I will make sure I throw down Jill's, um, you know, Instagram info so you guys can go ahead and follow her as well. All right. Um, again, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. You guys tune in next week for a new one. And don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, always respect the journey even when it's not your own. Y'all stay blessed.